Okay, so we uh, went through 47, Jeremiah 47, last week, which was in the middle of judgments on different nations, and we're going to continue that this week. Um, and our breakdown is going to be just a little bit different than the book breakdown. We're going to go through chapter 51 today, leaving the last chapter of Jeremiah for next week, and that's going to be kind of a lead-in into Lamentations. So next week we'll be covering the last chapter of Jeremiah, chapter 52, and then all of Lamentations to go with that. So, Sherry, your coffee is ready. Okay, so... Um, okay, now, um, any uh, hot take summaries for... Uh, 48 through 51, I'll start with Elizabeth. All right, well, I guess my hot take is kind of not that hot, just because this seemed, um, I'm not necessarily going to say repetitive, but it was a lot of words and a lot of detail that I didn't gather very much on. It's just like, okay, I just read three paragraphs, and okay, they're getting destroyed. Right, right. And I think... <laughs> It, that could just be because a lot of the real specific references to like the cities and stuff mm-hmm. um, just don't don't land. Those references don't really hit for me. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting where Jeremiah does call out like the individual flaws of these nations, and then also how some of these judgments are repeated other places. Like specifically the in forty nine concerning Edom mm-hmm. reminded me almost verbatim of Obadiah, yeah. which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So the repetitive thing is the thing that I also picked up in a slightly different perspective. Um because it's the season of life that I'm in and I am just so reminded of it it's it is an encouraging thing to me in one aspect because oh, I mean, you know the phrase that somebody said at one time about, you know, when you're trying to clean your house with little kids it's like trying to vacuum while a bag of oreos is being you know (laughs) tornadoed all around the room well i i feel the i mean obviously it's to such a lesser degree but i feel the pain (laughs) of a parent looking at you know his children his creation and saying what are you doing again (laughs) so i just Anyway, so for me, you know, reading through, like you were saying, it's the repetitive nature of it and the comfort that comes to me and that is this has always been. This is not anything new. And, you know, Sherry is a great testament to this. of you know, anything, I think you had mentioned the other day something that was really enlightening to you, Sherry, and that was uh, when your mother-in-law, I think, was talking about, oh, yeah, that's happened to us, too. Like, that happens to everybody, you know, and... Um, you know, just about, you know, like saving up a lot of money and then something happens and it all goes to waste or, you know, whatever life thing happens. And it made me think of, you know, same thing when I call my mother about parenting stuff and she was like, this, this is the way things happen. Like this is sort of normal. Um, so there's a sense in which it's refreshing. There's another sense in which it's like, oh, okay. All right. You know, but you, but you do get a lot of sympathy for the Lord that, I only have to deal with four people like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has, you know, the whole world of people over and over in cycle and cycle of that. So, mm-hmm. anyway, sorry for the long 
description on that, but that's what stood out to me is the repetition and just the dis disheartment of, oh, here we go again. So, mm -hmm. anyway, Sherry? Well, so mine's going to make up for that because mine's going to be really short. So here's my <laughs> hot take on the whole section. God hates pride. Yeah. Every single one of them have been punished because of their pride and arrogance. Yeah. Um, and that's why I've memorized Proverbs chapter 6, you know, starting with verse 16. Six things the Lord hates, yea, seven are abomination to him. Haughty eyes is the first one. Mm -hmm. Like pride, that's the first one. God hates pride. He, he brings down every single one of these nations because of their pride, including Judah. Yeah. Because they took pride in the fact that, oh, well, we're God's children, so we're good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was actually taking pride in themselves. I wasn't taking pride in the Lord. Right. <clears throat> right. Which is the theme. I mean, I know that gets pulled out all the, all the time in the New Testament, mm -hmm. but throughout Scripture, mm -hmm. that's not where your pride ought to be. Mm -hmm. It ought to be in me. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's it. Mm -hmm. So, very good. Okay, I appreciate it. Oh, I did yes. have one more thing just to add from last week. I looked into what the Queen of Heaven was this oh, week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's pretty much um, Ishtar, the Babylonian goddess, like the Ishtar Gate. That's yes. her. Okay. Um, who's kind of equivalent to the Asherah, or Ashtoreth, okay. who was like the wife of Baal mm -hmm. in okay. that yeah. kind of mythology. And so the reason they'd be sacrificing her is because she was like the fertility goddess. Fertility goddess, goddess. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask if that too. Okay, good. Very good. Thank you. I appreciate you looking it up. Okay, all right. So let's get started. We've got a lot to cover, um, a lot of verses to cover. It is a lot of repetition. So, um, Elizabeth, if I can get you to read through uh, 20... Eight, please, and then I will read the rest of the chapter. Mm -hmm. Concerning Moab, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Woe to Nebo, for it is laid waste. Kiriathame Cur is put to shame, it is taken. The fortress is put to shame and broken down. The renown of Moab is no more. In Heshbon they plan disaster against her. Come, let us cut her off from being a nation. You also, O madmen, shall be brought to silence. The sword shall pursue you. A voice, a cry from Horonaim, desolation and great destruction. Moab is destroyed. Her little ones have made a cry, for at the ascent of Luhith they go up weeping. For at the descent of Horonaim they have heard the distressed cry of destruction. Flee, save yourselves, for you will be like a juniper in the desert. For because you have trusted in your works and your treasures, you also shall be taken. And Chemosh shall go into exile with his priests and his officials. The destroyer shall come upon every city, and no city shall escape. The valley shall perish, and the plain shall be destroyed, as the Lord has spoken. Give wings to Moab, for she would fly away. Her cities have, shall become a desolation, with no inhabitant in them. Cursed is he who does the work of the Lord with slackness, and cursed is he who keeps back his sword from bloodshed. Moab has been at ease from his youth and has settled on his dregs. He has not been emptied from vessel to vessel, nor has he gone into exile. So his taste remains in him and his scent is not changed. 
Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I shall send him to pourers who will pour him, and empty his vessels, and break his jars in pieces. Then Moab shall be ashamed of Chemosh, as the house of Israel was ashamed of Bethel, their confidence. How do you say, we are heroes and mighty men of war? The destroyer of Moab and his cities has come up, and the choicest of his young men have gone down to slaughter, declares the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. The calamity of Moab is near at hand, and his affliction hastens swiftly. Grieve for him, all you who are around him, and all who know his name. Say, how the mighty scepter is broken, the glorious staff. Come down from your glory, and sit on the parched ground, O inhabitant of Divan. For the destroyer of Moab has come up against you. He has destroyed your strongholds. Stand by the way and watch, O inhabitant of error. Ask him who flees and her who escapes. Say, what has happened? Moab is put to shame, for it is broken. Wail and cry. Tell it beside the Arnon that Moab is laid waste. Judgment has come upon the tableland, upon Holon and Jaza and Mephath and Dibbon and Nebo and Beth Diblathaim and Kiriathaim and Beth Gamel and Beth Meon and Kirioth and Bozrath and all the cities of the land of Moab far and near. The horn of Moab is cut off and his arm is broken, declares the Lord. Make him drunk because he magnified himself against the Lord so that Moab will wallow in, it, in his vomit and he too shall be held in derision. Was not Israel a derision to you? Was he found among thieves that whenever you spoke of him you wagged your head? Leave the cities and dwell on the rock, O inhabitants of Moab. Be like the dove that nests in the side of the mouth of a gorge. Sorry. <clears throat> Do I miss one? Let's see. 29. Yeah, you went through 29? Okay. Around through 28. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll pick up the 29. We have heard the pride of Moab. He is exceedingly proud of his loftiness and arrogance and pride and of the haughtiness of his heart. I know his wrath, says the Lord, but it is not right. His lies have made nothing right. Therefore, I will wail for Moab and I will cry out for all Moab. I will mourn for the men of Kir Harris, O vine of Sibma. I will weep for you with the weeping of Jazer. Your plants have gone over the sea they reach to the sea of Jazer. They, the plunderer has fallen on your summer fruit and your vintage. Joy and gladness are taken from the plentiful field and from the land of Moab. I have caused wine to fail from the wine press. No one will tread with joyous shouting, not joyous shouting. From the city of Heshbon to Eliel and to Jahaz, they have uttered their voice from Zoar to Horonam like a three-year-old heifer for the waters of Nimrim also shall be desolate. Moreover, says the Lord, I will calls, see, calls to cease in Moab the one who offers sacrifices in the high places and burns incense to his gods. Therefore my heart shall wail like flutes for Moab, and like flutes my heart shall wail for the men of Kir Harris. Therefore the riches they have acquired have perished. For every head shall be bald, and every beard clipped. On all the hands shall be cuts, and on all the loins sackcloth. A general lamentation on all housetops of Moab and in its streets. For I have broken Moab like a vessel, which is no pleasure, says the Lord. <coughs> Excuse me. They shall wail. How, shall, how she is broken down. 
how Moab has turned her back with shame. So Moab shall be a derision and a dismay to all those about her. For thus says the Lord, Behold, one shall fly like an eagle and spread his wings over Moab. Kiriath is taken, and the strongholds are surprised. The mighty men's hearts in Moab on that day shall be like the heart of a woman in birth pangs. And Moab shall be destroyed as a people, because he exalted himself against the Lord. Fear and the pit and the snare shall be upon you, O inhabitant of Moab, says the Lord. He who flees from the fear shall fall into the pit, and he who gets out of the pit shall be caught in the same snare. For upon Moab, upon it, I will bring the year of their punishment, says the Lord. Those who fled stood under the shadow of Heshbon because of exhaustion, but a fire shall come out of Heshbon, a flame from the midst of Sihon and shall devour the brow of Moab, the crown of the head of the sons of Tumult. Woe to you, O Moab, the people of Chemosh perish, for your sons have been taken captive and your daughters captive. Yet I will bring back the captives of Moab in the latter days, says the Lord. Okay, Sherry, would you like to walk us through the narrative Um, there? So one of the things I wanted to mention at the beginning of this is that uh, I might have mentioned this last time when we talked about chapter 46 and 47 because they're like part of this section. You notice there's a lot of poetry um, and you can tell about that by just how it's bracketed. Um, uh, That's how we we bracket poetry. Um, How the Hebrews would bracket poetry would be with words. Um, And so Um, or uh, themes so you didn't necessarily have alliteration and rhyming words but you had rhyming ideas Um, or you would have plays on words which is not something we would even see we wouldn't see any plays on words in this but if you if you were a speaker of Hebrew you would see all kinds of plays on words in this. It's kind of like, it reminds me of, um, and this is, a, this is a dumb analogy, but I'm gonna use it anyway. Um, like, when my kids were little and they liked to listen to Weird Al songs, if you didn't know the song that it parodied off of, right. it, it wasn't funny. Right, yeah. It's only funny because it's a play on words on the, on the original song. Mm-hmm. And so same thing here. This is in the English language, so we don't see the play on words. Mm-hmm. But for instance, um, uh, just an example of it would be um, uh, Heshbon is, um, is um, Heshbon and the word devise have the same main consonants. And so... Um, uh, in verse, what is the first? Is the first one where Heshbon is mentioned? I can't remember. Anyway, uh, yeah, in verse two. So uh, Heshbon, um, they planned disaster, and so those and um, come, let us cut her off from being a nation. And so um, there's a play on words there. Then there's then there's come, let us cut off her from being a nation. You also madmen shall bring silence. Um, madmen and silence have the same consonant, so they're like alliteration. And so, um, so anyway, and that's just that's just an example of it. Um, but but so so 
a lot of it doesn't translate well mm-hmm. as a poem because it doesn't rhyme it, it doesn't make any sense to us but um, some of the things we can see because of the repetition like we were talking about before the repetition of the same themes over and over and over again we can see that um, uh, and and the word for word um, I, uh, I think we might have talked about this but sh- uh, verses 40 to 46 um, are going to come up again in chapter 49 mm-hmm. um, about um, thus says the Lord behold one shall fly swiftly like an eagle and then on down through verse 41 the hearts of the warriors of Moab shall be on that day like the heart of a woman in her birth pains mm-hmm. and then that you're going to see that again in chapter 49 um, and so um, uh so it's just a lot of talk about um, destruction and different plays on words that is God basically turning things around on them. And we're going to see that through the whole rest of it. Like these nations, um, Moab is the first one talked about. It's going to be talked about that, you know, you did this, and so I'm going to do this back to you. Mm-hmm. So it's God doing the same thing back to them. It's like what goes around comes around. It's going to it's going to be a theme throughout this whole thing. I'm going to bring on you the same thing that you brought on these other. And then when we get back, when we get to, to the last two chapters that are just about Babylon, it's very, um, it's such a mirror image of the first couple of chapters of Jeremiah where it talks about this is what, Nebuchadnezzar is going to do to you and now at the end God's saying now I'm going to do to you what you did to to, right. to Judah so um, so there's there's a lot of mention of uh, just, um, them being drunk and, and, and that's not a good thing um, because uh, it, and we're going to see this too um, the drinking a cup you're, you know, drinking a cup of something that's going to make you drunk. And we talked about this several weeks ago about when God is talking about a cup of something, it's usually not good. Right. It's usually a cup of some kind of poison that's mm-hmm. going to make you drunk and stagger and fall over and die. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so, um, and we'll see. So then, it, you know, it even talks about them vomiting, you know, because they've gotten drunk and. And so spitting out this stuff that God has, you know, given them to drink. And then later we'll see them spitting out something and God giving it back to them mm-hmm. right. <laughs> after they've spit it out. So, so there's just a lot of those kind of things. And, it, and it's, it's, it, it's just, um, it's just the beginning of, and, and, and it's in the middle, it really is in the middle of this um, judgment against nine different nations the, the first one is Egypt, this, the last one is Babylon, and then there are seven nations in between that that are mm-hmm. in for the same thing, only, you know, it's not as descriptive of those. Right. All right, Elizabeth? Yeah, so I thought it was, <clears throat> there's just a couple of things that I pulled out. Like, obviously, the first thing that stands out is just the repetition of, like, because of the pride of mm-hmm. Moab, and they've magnified themselves, and especially how they treat Israel when he talks about like them wagging their head at Israel when they were destroyed now it's like huh you know you made fun of them for this and now it's happening to you like Mm -hmm. pride comes before a fall just Mm -hmm. you see that a lot and then 
I thought that verse 11 was really interesting Mm -hmm. because the way I interpreted it, it's that, you know, Moab has never really faced a lot of, like, political turmoil. They haven't been changing hands from Mm -hmm. empires a ton. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hey, it's about time you get knocked down a peg Mm because you get real secure if you don't have, you know, world powers taken over you all Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. I thought that was just something interesting that I'd love to look into, like, historically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's one of the verses that, you know, when I've gone through this on my own reading, the end of 11, I've appreciated the wording there. His scent has not changed. Mm -hmm. Um, And just thought of, like you were saying, it's almost like something that's gone stale Mm -hmm. and has not been aired out. Mm -hmm. And as you said, you know, like there there needs to come a wiping out, a cleansing Mm -hmm. of, you know, however you want to phrase that. Mm -hmm. Um, The only additional thing, y'all covered uh, way more than I had, so I appreciate that. Um, the only additional thing that I had is, you know, the end of oh, um, verse 47, yet I will bring back the captives of Moab in the latter days, says the Lord. And I just think that is mm-hmm. interesting, that continual theme of I'm doing what is right and I'm doing what is just and what is called for and the, the longing heart of I'm going to set things right and I'm going to take care of the ones that need taking care of. Um, and I do think that's so interesting, even in these foreign nations, because, you know, in my, you know, very carnal mind, I'm thinking, why is God even, why is he wasting time with judgment on these foreign nations that don't recognize him, that don't give any sort of, you know, what is the word, obeisance or whatever mm-hmm. to, to him? Mm-hmm. Um, but he does. He cares. I mean, he, and I, it just makes me think of how many times over and over he says the widow and the orphan, you know, and mm-hmm. those who are in need I'm going to take mm-hmm. care of. So right. anyway, I just appreciated that ending there, kind of reminding me of his nature. Okay, um, so Sherry, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'll start 49 and go mm-hmm. through 27, if you don't mind, picking up in 28 and okay. doing the rest. All right. Against the Ammonites, thus says the Lord, has Israel no sons? Has he no heir? Why then does Milcom inherit Gad and his people dwell in its cities? Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will cause to be heard an alarm of of war in Rabah of the Ammonites, and it shall be a desolate mound, and her villages shall be burned with fire, then Israel shall take possession of his inheritance, says the Lord. Wail, O Heshbon, for Ai is plundered. Cry, you daughters of Rabah. Rabah, gird yourselves with sackcloth. Lament and run to and fro by the walls. For Milcom shall go into captivity with his priest and his princes together. Why do you boast in the valleys, your flowing valley, O backsliding daughter, who trusted in her treasures, saying, who will come against me? Behold, I will bring fear upon you, says the Lord, God of hosts. From all those who are around you, you shall be driven out, everyone headlong. And no one will gather those who wander off. But afterward, I will bring back the captives of the people of Ammon, says the Lord, against Edom. Thus says the Lord of hosts, is wisdom no more in Teman? Has counsel perished from the prudent? Has their wisdom vanished? Flee, turn back, dwell in the depths, O inhabitants of Dedan. 
for I will bring the calamity of Esau upon him, the time that I will punish him. If the great gatherers came to you, would they not leave some gleaning grapes? If thieves by night, would they not destroy until they have, have enough? But I have made Esau bare. I have uncovered his secret places, and he shall not be able to hide himself. His descendants are plundered, his brethren and his neighbors, and he is no more. Leave your fatherless children, I will preserve them alive, and let your widows trust in me. For thus says the Lord, Behold, those whose judgment was not to drink of the cup have assuredly drunk. And are you the one who will altogether go unpunished? You shall not go unpunished, but you shall surely drink of it. For I have sworn by myself, says the Lord, that Basra shall become a desolation, a, repro a reproach, a waste, and a curse. And all its cities shall be perpetual waste. I have heard a message from the Lord, and an ambassador has been sent to the nations. Gather together, come against her, and rise up to battle. For indeed, I will make you small among nations, despised among men. Your fierceness has deceived you, the pride of your heart, O you who dwell in the clefts of the rocks, who hold the height of the hill. Though you make your nest as high as the eagle, I will bring you down from there, says the Lord. Edom also shall be an astonishment. Everyone who goes by it will be astonished and will hiss at all its plagues as in the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighbors, says the Lord. No one shall remain there, nor shall a son of man dwell in it. Behold, he shall come up like a lion from the floodplain of the Jordan against the dwelling place of the strong. But I will suddenly make him run away from her. And who is the chosen man that I may appoint over her? For who is like me? Who will arraign me? And who is that shepherd who will withstand me. Therefore, hear the counsel of the Lord that he has taken against Edom and his purposes that he has proposed against the inhabitants of Teman. Surely the least of the flock shall draw them out. Surely he shall make their dwelling places desolate with them. The earth shakes at the noise of their fall. At the, at the cry, its noise is heard at the Red Sea. Behold, he shall come up and fly like the eagle and spread his wings over Basra. The heart of the mighty men of Edom in that day shall be like the heart of a woman, woman in birth pangs. Hamath and Arapad are shamed, for they, they have heard bad news. They are faint-hearted. There is trouble on the sea. It cannot be quiet. Damascus has grown feeble. She turns to flee, and fear has seized her. Anguish and sorrow have taken her like a woman in labor. Why is the city of praise not deserted, the city of my joy? Therefore her young men shall fall in her streets, and all the men of war shall be cut off in that day, says the Lord of hosts. I will kindle a fire in the wall of Damascus, and it shall consume the palaces of Ben-Hadad. Concerning Kedar and the kingdoms of Hazor, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, struck down. Thus says the Lord, Rise up, advance against Kedar. Destroy the people of the east. Their tents and their flocks shall be taken, their curtains and all their goods. Their camels shall be led away from them, and men shall cry to them terror on every side. Flee, wander, <clears throat> flee, wander far away. Dwell in the depths, O inhabitants of Hazor, declares the Lord. For Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has made a plan against you and formed a purpose against you. 
Rise up, advance against a nation at ease that dwells securely, declares the Lord, that has no gates or bars, that dwells alone. Their camels shall become plunder, their herds of livestock a spoil. I will scatter to every wind those who cut the corners of their hair, and I will bring their calamity from every side of them, declares the Lord. Hazor shall become a haunt of jackals, an everlasting waste. No man shall dwell there, no man shall sojourn in her. The words of the Lord, <clears throat> excuse me, the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah, the prophet, concerning Elam, in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will break the bow of Elam, the mainstay of their might, and I will bring upon Elam the four winds from the four quarters of heaven, and I will scatter them to all those winds, and there shall be no nation to which those driven out of Elam shall not come. I will terrify Elam before their enemies, and before those who seek their life. I will bring disaster upon them. My fierce anger declares the Lord. I will send the sword after them until I have consumed them, and I will set my throne in Elam and destroy their king and officials, declares the Lord. But in the latter days, I will restore the fortunes of Elam, declares the Lord. Okay. Elizabeth, would you share with us your takeaways from chapter 49? Yeah. All right. So, first, they, uh, Jeremiah is judging the Ammonites, and I thought the Ammonites were super cool because, from what I understand, they just kind of went in and took over some of the cities of Israel after they had been captured, which is not a cool thing to do. <laughs> and so here, the pride we see is their pride in their wealth and in their treasures, so they think, oh, I'm like super rich, no one's going to get me. God's coming after you, bro. Um, and then... At the end, it does promise a restoration of the Ammonites, which I've noticed he doesn't always say for all of these people. So after the Ammonites, he talks about the Edomites. And so those were the descendants of Esau, and they're kind of like the bad guys a lot of times. It's like, oh, the Edomites. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I'm... I found a lot of parallels to Obadiah. Mm -hmm. There are two uh, verses nine and sixteen are almost verbatim, like four and five of Obadiah, mm -hmm. which I thought was was pretty cool. So there's this like continuation of the judgment upon them, um, and from what I understand, they were really like brutal when they went in and took a place. They just like strip it bare, because when it talks about like the grape gatherers and the thieves, mm -hmm. like. Even a thief is better than Edom because they're just going and taking all the stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I also thought that verse 12 was interesting because it brings up the cup again. Mm -hmm. But it almost seems like Edom is punishing the innocent. And so now they have to be themselves punished. Mm -hmm. um, and there isn't a specific verse that talks about the restoration as far as I can tell. It just kind of ends with that, I'm going to bring you down. It's going to be like a woman in labor, which comes up again mm -hmm. when he talks about Damascus. And then the Damascus section kind of confused me because it's like, all right, you're getting destroyed. And it doesn't have the same, like, very direct because of your pride. But um, it does talk about how the city was, like, famous and the city of, of joy. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming it had some... Maybe, I don't know, tourism, maybe, mm -hmm. <laughs> that would make it, like, a great city. And so the pride is there. It's just a little more subtle to catch. Yeah, I do feel like that section is, 
I feel like, and you know, Sherry, you could comment on this later, but um, you know, when Sherry was talking about not being able to pick up on everything because of it not being in the original language, that's what I, when I was reading through mm -hmm. that, I thought there's so much more here that I'm not mm -hmm. able to pick up on, mm -hmm. but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then Kedar and uh, Hazelworth, um, I thought was pretty cool because they're just, you know, they're just out there living their lives and it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're getting attacked. And it talks about how they're a nation at ease. They don't have gates or bars. So they, it also says they dwell alone. So I think the pride here is that they're trusting in like their isolation. Like, oh, we're so far out here. No one's going to come attack us. Mm -hmm. And then they get attacked. Um, mm -hmm. And again, not an explicit promise of restoration. Um, and then finally he talks about Elam and how their pride was in like their bowmen and they had um, the strength of, you know, the, I guess, men who shoot good marksmen, I mm -hmm. suppose. Um, and they're going to, their calam calamity and disaster is going to come upon them. But then for Elam specifically, God does promise that they would be restored. So it's kind of interesting seeing, like, oh, who gets promised restoration, mm -hmm. who doesn't. That's another thing that my history brain's like, ooh, did they just get, like, wiped out? That'd be mm -hmm. really interesting to look into more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sherry? Okay. There's so much in this. Um, so um, going back to Chapter 48, the last verse um, no, ma'am, we're in 49. You're not allowed. No. <laughs> it's <laughs> just the first of three th three times that I noticed God saying, uh, yet I will restore the fortunes. Mm -hmm. um, so he's going to restore the fortunes of Moab. Then in verse 40, in chapter 49, in verse 6, he's going to restore the fortunes of Ammon. Um, then in verse 39, he's going to restore the fortunes of Elam. And so, um, I think those are messianic, um, specifically, um, when you talk about Edom. So basically... The All right, I just have to pause to say my mind is blown. Okay. All right, go ahead. Messianic. Yeah. All right. Messianic. Yes. Messianic. As I did not see that. Okay, go ahead. Um, cause the, re the, the fortunes of... Any of these nations so were not, not restored. It's not before be physical the, before the Christ. That's what you're right. saying. Exactly. Man, now you messed me up, Sherry. Okay, go <laughs> so, ahead. Because um, so specifically, I don't know about the fortunes of Ammon, but I do know that specifically the Edomites were brought in during the Gospel era because the Herods were Edomites, right? And there were Edomites living in. Judah, mm -hmm. or Judea, it was called right. at that time, and they, some of them were disciples. Like some of the members of Herod's own household were mm -hmm. disciples, and so also um, Elam, um, among the nations that are mentioned in Acts chapter two, verse nine, is Elam, right. Elamites. Yes, right. So. Um, uh, so and I don't know about Ammon, but I do know that the Ammonites were kind of, they were kind of where their territory was was kind of squeezed out into the into the Arabian desert basically, and so um, they would come and attack 
um, the Israelites, because um, there was there was Gilead, which was the, uh, if you have in your mind a picture of the no. territory of, of Israel, uh, on the on the upper right hand corner is mm-hmm. um, Gilead, which was the which was the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh. Half tribe. Half, right. half of the half of Manasseh. Right. And then south of that was Moab, and then south of that was Edom. Well, over here on the on the right, kind of kind of pressing in on the Israelite and Moab territory was Ammon. Mm-hmm. And so it was, they were kind of in the desert, so they kind of was were trying to get closer to the Jordan River, which is what everybody wanted. And, um, and okay, so, can I pause and ask yeah. a quick question? Weren't also that okay? You tell me if I'm confusing this with a different tribe, mm-hmm. but weren't the Ammonites also the ones that got in trouble because they would not let the Israelites pass through, and they made them go? Or am I thinking of somebody? Is that I think that's the Moabites. Oh, the Moabites. Yeah, but they're. Okay, sorry. So the Moabites were not is messed up. I and was thinking. So are aren't the Moabites? They're not on the, the west side. They're on the they're on the east side too. They are on the east side. Yeah. Okay, my math is messed and, up. Okay. Um, and and there may have been some some Ammonites up there as well because the Ammonites are yeah. kind of north and east thinking. of Moab. Okay. All right. So so basically, when they when they pushed out when they pushed out the 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 Ammonites, which were North of Moab, mm-hmm. that was now that's now Gilead. Okay, but previously it had been Ammon. Okay, okay. So they had gotten pushed out of that territory. So I gotcha. yes, yes. And okay. so when they fought against King Sihon, I believe he was an Ammonite. Okay. So there was no, yes. the Moabites. Those were the ones that um, that Balak uh, right. and the donkey mm-hmm. incident happened there. Um, but then. North, then they went on through there and conquered, uh, conquered Ammon, and that became Gilead. Okay. So, so, but at this time in history, that's that's Gilead. That's not. So the Ammonites continued to try to encroach on that territory, and they were particularly ruthless. They were the ones who um, threatened to gouge out the eyes of the Jabesh Gilead Mm -hmm. uh, men, Mm -hmm. and then. was it Saul that came and rescued them? Right. Um, and um, and the, they're mentioned in um, the book of Amos as people who ripped open pregnant women. Yeah. So not not good. Um, so anyway, so that's that's them. And then today, when you so what is that today? That's Jordan, mm-hmm. the the country of Jordan, mm-hmm. and the capital is Amman, mm-hmm. which is. Mind blowing all over the place. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Um, so, um, so then, um, so it, uh, Elizabeth already mentioned the reference to Obadiah, which I got that too, and and um, also in um, at, well, like I'd mentioned before in chapter forty-eight. So in forty-nine verses twenty-two, that's the, the almost word for word what what he said about. About um, um, uh, Moab, mm-hmm. um, uh, talking about um, and and then there's a also a reference to um, um, uh, the Red Sea, 
uh, when he's talking, where he's talking about uh, Edom, he's talking, uh, let's see, verses 19 through 21 um, is um, the same as um, chapter 48, verses 40 and 41. Only instead of the Red Sea, it's like something else. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so it's the same wording. Parallel. Just, yeah. Um, uh, he talks about the lion uh, in a in a. Uh, uh, he, or, I'm sorry, chapter fifty, verse forty-four. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway. Okay. Uh, lion in a peaceful pasture. So, um, uh, and then and then he goes on to talk about the Red Sea. In reference to Edom, and then when we get to chapter fifty, he's going to talk about that in reference to Babylon, right. and it's instead of the Red Sea, it's the nations mm-hmm. or something. So it's it's a lot of similar language in in this chapter to other chapters within this section and to other prophets and other things. Um, uh, Teman, I don't know if we talked about this before, but um, there was a reference in the last time we talked about the Timonites mm-hmm. and how the wisdom, uh, they, they were known for wisdom for some reason, mm-hmm. um, uh, and he's going to confound that wisdom. And um, uh, the only other place we see a Timonite mentioned is in Job. Eliphaz was from Timon. So he was considered a wise person because obviously he wasn't, but he thought he was. Um, from Timon. So um, it's just a continued uh, use of God's power to beat all these nations at their own game. Mm-hmm. You're wise, I'm wiser. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you've done this to other people, now I'm going to do the same thing to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's just all that I saw through the entire... Uh, uh, Elam was, was known for their archers, so it's mentioned... You know that he's going to break their bow, right? Um, and so, if you look at any of the things that he mentions that he's going to use against them, it's usually something they're known for being good at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that the Edomites up in their high cliffs. You know, well, you can't you, you can't go up higher to get away from God. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's kind of backwards. Um, but. Um, so anything, it, almost everything that's mentioned in here is something that God's using against them that they've used against someone else. Mm-hmm. It does, I mean, so within this context, and I don't want to spend, I don't want to get off in the weeds or anything because we've got mm-hmm. to zoom through these next mm-hmm. few chapters. But within this context of, like you, all the pointing out of whatever your specialty is, that's what God is using is going to use to humble you, mm-hmm. um, and you know we see that well in many places. Revelation has come into mind, mm-hmm. you know, of whatever they're known for, but <clears throat> it is just it, again theme throughout the scriptures where the whole point is humble yourself so that I can lift you up, and it you know to me speaks back to Solomon who says. I'm a youth. I don't know how to go in. I don't know how to come out. I need you to teach me. Well, and then he gets known for his wise teachings, mm-hmm. but only because he went to God for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it just it yeah. kind of reiterates that point in my brain of God's consistent theme of 
this ought to, like Seth was talking about, the, you know, the grace of God and what it ought to do. Well, we've. I think this is another uh, example of when people look at the grace of God and it gives them pride instead of humbleness, you know, um, instead of it having the appropriate reaction of humility and I can only do these things by the grace of God. Um, and none of these nations seem to show that. So, anyway, that's what's mm-hmm. conjured up in my mind. Um, I really appreciate you bringing out the Messianic message there because like the last verse 47 um, I will you know bring back the captives of Moab I'm assuming that's of his people mm-hmm. you know like you're saying but I had not connected to the true the the ultimate fulfillment of that's that's only through Christ mm-hmm. I really appreciate that that's very beautiful to mm-hmm. pull that together okay we have about 15 minutes, so um, we are going to have to really go pedal to the mm-hmm. um, So here, well, here's my here's the other option because these last these next two are judgments on Babylon. Right. So um, would y'all like for us to go ahead and do that and just lump those together, or save that and lump it in next week? What do you feel like we? You feel like we can do it in fifteen, mm. or you want to save it for next week? It depends on how specific you want to get. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Sherry sure. wants to get real specific. Yeah, <laughs> Sherry does want to get real specific. I have two pages of notes on it, but that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do one page, page of notes. I mean, one and a half page of notes on four, chapter forty-nine. All right, so we could, could stop now and have like an addendum thirty-minute second segment. <laughs> yeah, that's a bonus. All right, the encore. Bonus okay. Content. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll stop. We'll 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 stop at this chapter break here, mm-hmm. and then we'll do fifty and fifty one as its own thing, and then have um, and, and then have the rest for next week. Y'all good for that? Can y'all handle that? Okay, we'll stop here right. and have a bonus session. Okay, welcome to the bonus episode where we are covering uh, just two chapters where we got the judgment of Babylon. Um, so I'm going to get us started on chapter 50, and Elizabeth, if you will start on verse 18 when I get there and head through 46, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. The word that the Lord spoke against Babylon and against the land of the Chaldeans by Jeremiah the prophet, declare among the nations, proclaim and set up a standard, proclaim, do not conceal it, say Babylon is taken, Bel is shamed, Merodach is broken in pieces, her idols are humiliated, her images are broken in pieces, for out of the north a nation comes up against her, which shall make her land desolate, and no one shall... No one shall dwell therein. They shall move, they shall depart, both man and beast. In those days and in that time, says the Lord, the children of Israel shall come. They and the children of Judah together, with continual weeping, they shall come. And seek the Lord their God. They shall ask the way to Zion with their faces toward it, saying, Come and let us join ourselves to the Lord. In a perpetual covenant that will not be forgotten, my people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from a mountain Mm -hmm. to hill. Excuse me. They have gone from mountain to hill. 
They have forgotten their resting place. All who found them have devoured them, and their adversaries said, We have not offended, because they have sinned against the Lord, the habitation of justice, the Lord, the hope of their fathers. Move from the midst of Babylon, go out to the land of the Chaldeans, and be like the rams before the flocks. For behold, I will raise up and cause to come up against Babylon an assembly of great nations from the north country, and they shall array themselves against her. From there she shall be captured. Their arrows shall be like those of an expert warrior. None shall return in vain, and Chaldea shall come, shall become a plunder. All who plunder her shall be satisfied, says the Lord, because you were glad, because you rejoiced, you destroyers of my heritage, because you have grown fat like a heifer threshing grain, and you bellow like bulls. Your mother shall be deeply ashamed. She who bore you shall be ashamed. Behold, the least of the nations shall be a wilderness, a dry land and a desert, because of the wrath of the Lord. She shall not be inhabited, but she shall be wholly desolate. Everyone who goes by Babylon shall be horrified and hiss at all her plagues. Put yourselves in array against Babylon all around. All you who bend the bow, shoot at her, spare no arrows, for she has sinned against the Lord. Shout against all her shout against her all around she has given her hand her foundations have fallen her walls are thrown down for it is it is the vengeance of the lord take vengeance on her as she has done so do to her cut off the sower from babylon and him who handles the sickle at harvest time for fear of the oppressing sword everyone shall turn to his own people and everyone shall flee to his own land israel is like scattered sheep the lions have driven him away. First the king of Assyria devoured him. Now at last this Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has broken his bones. Uh, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing punishment on the king of Babylon and his land as I punish the king of Assyria. I will restore Israel to his pasture, and he shall feed on Carmel and in Bashan, and his desire shall be satisfied on the hills of Ephraim and in Gilead. In those days and in that time, declares the Lord, iniquity shall be sought in Israel, and there shall be none, and sin in Judah, and none shall be found, for I will pardon those whom I leave as a remnant. Go up against the land of Marathim, and against the inhabitants of Pecod. Kill and devote them to destruction, declares the Lord, and do all that I have commanded you. The noise of battle is in the land, and great destruction. How the hammer of the whole earth is cut down and broken. How Babylon has become a horror among the nations. I set a snare for you, and you were taken, O Babylon, and you did not know it. You were found and caught, because you opposed the Lord. The Lord has opened his armory, and brought out the weapons of his wrath. For the Lord God of hosts has a work to do in the land of the Chaldeans. Come against her from every quarter. Open her granaries, pile her up like heaps of grain, and devote her to destruction. Let nothing be left of her. Kill all her bulls. Let them go down to the slaughter. Woe to them, for their day has come, the time of their punishment. A voice. They flee and escape from the land of Babylon to declare in Zion the vengeance of the Lord our God, vengeance for his temple. Summon archers against Babylon, all those who bend the bow. Encamp around her. Let no one escape. Repay her according to her deeds. Do to her according to all that she has done. For she has proudly defied the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Therefore her young men shall fall in her squares, 
and all her soldiers will be destroyed on that day, declares the Lord. Behold, I am against you, O proud one, declares the Lord God of hosts, for your day has come, the time when I will punish you. The proud one shall stumble and fall, with men to raise him up, and I will kindle a fire in his cities, and it will devour all that is around him. Thus says the Lord of hosts, The people of Israel are oppressed, and the people of Judah with them. All who took them captive have held them fast. They refuse to let them go. Their Redeemer is strong. The Lord of hosts is his name. He will surely plead their cause, that he may give rest to the earth, but unrest to the inhabitants of Babylon. A sword against the Chaldeans, declares the Lord, and against the inhabitants of Babylon, and against her officials and her wise men. A sword against the diviners, that they may become fools. A sword against her warriors, that they may be destroyed. A sword against her horses, and against her chariots, and against all the foreign troops in her midst, that they may become women. A sword against all her treasures, that they may be plundered. A drought against her waters, that they may be dried up. For it is a land of images, and they are mad over idols. Therefore, wild beasts shall dwell with hyenas in Babylon, and ostriches shall dwell in her. She shall never again have people, nor be inhabited for all generations. As when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring cities, declares the Lord, so no man shall dwell there, and no son of man shall, shall sojourn in her. Behold, a people comes from the north, a mighty nation and many kings are stirring from the farthest parts of the earth. They lay hold of bow and spear, they are cruel and have no mercy. The sound of them is like the roaring of the sea. They ride on horses, arrayed as a man for battle against you, O daughter of Babylon. The king of Babylon heard the report of them, and his hands fell helpless. Anguish seized him, pain as of a woman in labor. Behold, like a lion coming up from the thicket of the Jordan against a perennial pasture, I will suddenly make them run away from her, and I will appoint over her whomever I choose. For who is like me? Who will summon me? What shepherd can stand before me? Therefore, hear the plan that the Lord has made against Babylon, and the purposes that he has formed against the land of the Chaldeans. Surely the little ones of their flock shall be dragged away. Surely their fold shall be appalled at their fate. At the sound of the capture of Babylon, the earth shall tremble, and her, her cry shall be heard among the nations. All right, Sherry. <clears throat> Roll it out. All right. So, um, chapter 50. Um, so one of the things I noticed at the very beginning is that, um, verse two is that God is, or Jeremiah, um, is speaking about the destruction of Babylon in the past tense. Mm -hmm. So as if it's already happened and that's just, that's not because it has already happened. That's because. When God says something is going to happen, it's like it's already happened. Mm -hmm. um, um, then, um, so um, this whole section, so it's like two chapters long, and it's two long chapters, um, because this is like the culmination of God's judgment. And so God has used Babylon to, as a tool to destroy other nations. So now he's going to use those same tools against Babylon because why? Like they destroyed the other nations because they took over the other nations because God told them to take over them. So why is God punishing them for 
something that he told them to do. Well, he said for them to take over the other nations. He didn't say for them to commit all the atrocities that they committed. Um, it's sort of like, um, reminds me of Jehu. You know, mm-hmm. God said, okay, you need to, um, you need to uh, clear out the household of Ahab. But he didn't say you're supposed to enjoy it. Um, and it seemed like Jehu was almost giddy about the fact that he was destroying the, the descendants of Ahab. And so they were supposed to take over these other nations, but they weren't supposed to commit so many atrocities, and they weren't doing it because God told them to do it. They were doing it because they wanted to. Um, and so they were enjoying the process. And so, um, so, and that's what God is punishing them for, not for doing what he said, but for their attitude, because attitude is everything. And particularly when it comes to pride. Um, uh, I'm doing this, and, and, and we see that in, in the book of Daniel. God bringing Nebuchadnezzar down multiple times by saying, look, <laughs> it's not you, it's me that's doing this. Right. And um, uh, so um, uh, he, he says a lot of things uh, in chapter 50 that he said in chapter, uh, in, the, in the first chapters about Israel. Uh, specifically, um, we have a word-for-word um, comparison to chapter 6 verses 22 to 24 uh, so in verses 41 to 46 of chapter 50 we have um, we have the same word for word um, only at the end it says O daughter of Babylon and um, and in the in the uh, in chapter 6 it says daughter of Zion that's the same exact wording. Um, also in chapter 49, like we talked about earlier, chap- uh, chapter 49, verses 19 through 21, is the same as verse 44 um, in, this, in this chapter, talking about Edom. Um, so, um, and, then, and then we have this poem um, where he says, a sword against, several times. And so, obviously, that's a, that's a, that's a poem, and... Um, he says it, I don't know, I don't know, nine or ten times, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's a specific, you know, thing about how many times he says it. It's just, he's, it's, it's, it's a, it's the poetic structure. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, and basically he's, the things that he's using a sword against are the things that Babylon relied on. Their warriors their diviners, their wise men, uh, uh, their horses, their chariots, um, uh, their treasures, and so, and then at the end he says, a drought against her waters that they may be dried up. And so that's, that's kind of um, prophetic of um, the things about, one of the things that Babylon relied on. And we'll see some of that in verse, in, in chapter 51, but, um, um, uh, uh, I saw a messianic reference in verses 19 through 20. Um, 
uh, talking about the the uh, the there shall be none sin of sin in Judah and none shall be found for I will pardon those whom I leave as a remnant. Um, so he talks about I think that's messianic. Um, I think I thought I saw another messianic reference and I think it was early in the chapter yeah um, in verse 4 um, he talks about in those days uh, declares the Lord the people of Israel the people of Judah shall come together weeping as they come they shall seek the Lord they shall ask the way to Zion with faces turned toward it saying come let us join ourselves to the Lord an everlasting covenant that will never be forgotten and so that's another messianic reference so those are the main things okay all right elizabeth what have you got all right um i really thought that verses six and seven were cool mm -hmm. um because it's specifically it says the shepherds have led them astray and so in the new testament context mm -hmm. obviously shepherds means like elder or pastor like someone who is responsible for leading the church so in this case i thought that could be like the elders and the priest mm -hmm. and the um just religious leaders have been specifically we see the kings to not teaching God's word and even when they have access to it they're you know cutting it up and throwing it in the fire mm -hmm. so there's a large amount of responsibility placed on on the leaders and while the people were doing bad things they're like they're like sheep they're just kind of blindly following whoever or whatever just kind of strikes their fancy and then uh, I thought verse 7 was a good follow-up to that because all the nations around them were like, oh, we're doing a good thing because y'all were, were sinning against God, so like y'all deserve to be punished. And yes, God was using these foreign nations to punish Israel, but like Sherry said already, they were, you know, enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you shouldn't be having fun destroying these people, which mm -hmm. is why Babylon has this judgment placed upon them mm -hmm. later on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I thought that sword poem was also really cool. I'm not going mm -hmm. <laughs> to touch on that anymore. But then I guess the last thing, I want to look more into like the, shoot, what's it called? Anyways, the, God, I forgot the word, just like the gods and goddesses mm -hmm. of Babylon and the deities mm -hmm. that they worshipped. I feel like Bell and Merodach, mm -hmm. if I knew more about that, mm -hmm. that might give a little more depth to this. Mm -hmm. um, maybe that will be my homework for next week. Yeah, I think that's a good homework. Mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> okay, um, so when you went through 6 through 7, uh, verse 7, uh, where it in that verse ending in the Lord, the hope of their fathers, mm -hmm. Um, was just something that stood up to me, mm -hmm. stood out to me as, you know, like, mm -hmm. it's not yours, it is, you know, it's from your father's. Um, and I, I just wondered, like, you were saying about sheep, and again, I, I, I don't know, I think I just, the big picture, it's hard for me to get down to details, but the big picture stuff stands out quicker to me. But when you were talking about the shepherds being, or the sheep being lost, mm -hmm. um, and the shepherds being the ones that led them astray, mm -hmm. um, that seems to be over and over. The problem is when, yes, we are to be like sheep to the shepherd, mm -hmm. but when we are following men who are leading us away from the shepherd, that's not the time to 
quote, be sheep. Mm-hmm. We are to be sheep of the shepherd. Mm-hmm. And I just say that because I've heard that used so many times. It's almost sort of a, well, I mean, kind of like the, the women that we talked about last week. Well, I mean, my husband approved. Well, but it, it was not according to God's will. You can't just play the dumb sheep card, you know, and, and I... I get a little up in arms about that because I do, I hear that often of, you know, well, the elders told us it was okay or we could do it, but they led you down a path of ungodliness, you know, that anyway, and that I feel like that's the same thing here is that, look, you follow these shepherds. You are accountable for that, Mm -hmm. even though the shepherds are more accountable, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's Mm going to be more responsibility that God places on them you still can't just play the dumb sheep card. So anyway, that's just something that popped out to me uh, as far as, and especially you bringing that out, um, that because I hear that so often, I feel like a very perverted version of twisting scriptures to say, well, I'm just a dumb sheep. I just got to follow my elders. If they're following the shepherd, yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry. So uh, obviously Hobby Horse. That's my middle mm-hmm. name. Okay. Mm-hmm. 51. Is there anything else either of y'all have before we scoot over 51? Okay. I'm going to try to wrap this up in 12 minutes. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. So Sherry, if you don't mind starting us off and um, going through 26 and then I'll pick up the rest of that chapter. Okay, verse through verse 26. Is that yes. <clears throat> Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will stir up the spirit of a destroyer against Babylon, against the inhabitants of Leb Kamai. I will send to Babylon winnowers, and they shall winnow her. They shall empty her land when they come against her from every side on the day of trouble. Let not the archer bend his bow, and let him not stand up in his armor. Spare not her young men. Devote to destruction all her army. They shall fall down slain in the land of the Chaldeans, and wounded in her streets. For Israel and Judah have not been forsaken by their God, the Lord of hosts. But the land of the Chaldeans is full of guilt against the Holy One of Israel. Flee from the midst of Babylon. Let everyone save his life. Be not cut off in her punishment. For this is the time of the Lord's vengeance, the repayment he is rendering her. Babylon is a golden cup in the Lord's hand, making all the earth drunken. The nations drank of her wine, therefore the nations went mad. Suddenly Babylon has fallen and been broken. Wail for her. Take balm for her pain. Perhaps she may be healed. We would have healed Babylon, but she was not healed. Forsake her and let us go, each to his own country. For her judgment has reached up to heaven and has been lifted up even to the skies. The Lord has brought about our vindication. Come, let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God. Sharpen the arrows. Take up the shields. The Lord has stirred up the spirit of the kings of the Medes because his purpose concerning Babylon is to destroy it, for that is the vengeance of the Lord, the vengeance for his temple. Set up a standard against the walls of Babylon. Make the watch strong. Set up watchmen. Prepare the ambushes. For the Lord has both planned and done what he he spoke concerning the inhabitants of Babylon. O you you who dwell by many waters, Rich in treasures, your end is come. The thread of your life is cut. The Lord of hosts has sworn by himself, Surely I will fill you with the men as many as locusts, and they shall raise the shout of victory over you. It is he who made the earth by his power, who establishes the world by his wisdom, 
and by his understanding stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there is a tumult of waters in the heavens, and he makes the mist rise from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain, and he brings forth the wind from the storehouses. Every man is stupid and without knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols, for his images are false, and there is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of delusion. At the time of their punishment, they shall perish. None like these is he who is the portion of Jacob. <clears throat> Excuse me, not like these is he who is the portion of Jacob. For he is the one who formed all things, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. You are my hammer and a weapon of war. With you, I break nations in pieces. With you, I destroy kingdoms. With you, I break in pieces the horse and his rider. With you, I break in pieces the chariot and the charioteer. With you, I break in pieces man and woman. With you, I break in pieces the old man and the youth. With you, I break in pieces the young man and the young woman. With you, I break in pieces the shepherd and his flock. With you, I break in pieces the farmer and his team. With you, I break in pieces the governor and his commanders. I will repay Babylon and all, his, all the inhabitants of, the Cal, of Chaldea before your very eyes for all, that, all the evil that they have done in Zion, declares the Lord. Behold, I am against you, O destroying mountain, declares the Lord, which destroys the whole earth. I will stretch out my hand against you and roll you down from the crags and make you a burnt mountain. No stone shall be taken from you for a corner and no stone for a foundation. But you shall be a perpetual waste, declares the Lord. Set up a banner in the land, blow the trumpet among the nations, prepare the nations against her, call the kingdoms together against her, Ararat, Mini, and Ashkenaz, appoint a general against her, cause the horses to come up like the bristling locusts, prepare against her the nations with the kings of the Medes, its governor and all its rulers, all the land of his dominion and the land will tremble in sorrow for every purpose of the Lord shall be performed against Babylon to make the land of Babylon a desolation without inhabitant. The mighty men of Babylon have ceased fighting. They have remained in their strongholds. Their might has failed. They became like women. They have burned her dwelling place, places. The, broke, the bars of her gate are broken. One runner will run to meet another and one messenger to meet another to show the king of Babylon that his city is taken on all sides. The passages are blocked. The reeds have been burned with fire and the men of war are terrified. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, the daughter of Babylon is like a threshing floor when it is time to thresh her yet a little while and the time of her harvest will come. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon has devoured me. He has crushed me. He has made me an empty vessel. He has swallowed me up like a monster. He has filled his stomach with my delicacies. He has spit me out. Let the violence done to me and my flesh be upon Babylon. The inhabitant of Zion will say, and my blood will be upon the inhabitants of Chaldea. Jerusalem will say, therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will plead your case and take vengeance for you. I will dry up her sea and make her springs dry. Babylon shall become a heap a dwelling place for jackals, an astonishment and a hissing without an inhabitant. They shall roar together like lions. They shall growl like lions' whelps. In their excitement, I will prepare their feast. I will make them drunk that they may rejoice. 
and not awake, says the Lord. I will, oh, excuse me, and sleep, a perpetual sleep, and not awake, says the Lord. I will bring them down like lambs to the slaughter, like lambs with, like rams with male goats. Oh, how Shishak is taken. Oh, how the praise of the whole earth is seized. How Babylon has become desolate among the nations. The sea has come up over Babylon. She is covered with the multitude of its waves. Her cities are a desolation, a dry land and a wilderness, a land where no one dwells, through which no son of man passes. I will punish Baal and Babylon, and I will bring out of his mouth what he has swallowed. And all and the nations shall not stream to him any more. Yes, the wall of Babylon shall fall. My people go out of the midst of her and let everyone deliver himself from the fierce anger of the Lord unless your heart faint and you you'll, and you fear for the rumor that will be heard in the land a rumor will come in one year and after that in another year a rumor will come and violence in the land ruler against ruler therefore behold the days are coming that I will bring judgment on the carved images of Babylon. Her whole land shall be ashamed, and all her slain shall fall in her midst. Then the heavens and the earth and all that is in them shall sing joyously over Babylon, for the plunderers shall come to, to her from the north, says the Lord. As Babylon has caused the slain of Israel to fall, so at Babylon the slain of all the earth shall fall. You who have escaped the sword, get away. Do not stand still. Remember the Lord afar off and let Jerusalem come to your mind. We are ashamed because we have heard reproach. Shame has covered our faces for strangers have come into the sanctuaries of the Lord's house. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will bring judgment on her carved images and throughout all her land the wounded shall groan. Though Babylon were to mount up to heaven and though she were to fortify the height of her strength, Yet from me plunderers would come to her, says the Lord. The sound of a cry comes from Babylon, and great destruction from the land of, Cal of the Chaldeans, because the Lord is plundering Babylon and silencing her loud voice. Though her waves roar like great waters, and the noise of their voice is uttered, because the plunder co plunderer comes against her, against Babylon, and her mighty men are taken, every one of their bows is broken, for the Lord is the God of recompense. He will surely repay, and I will make drunk her princes and wise men, her governors and her deputies and her mighty men, and they shall sleep a perpetual sleep and not awake, says the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the broad walls of Babylon shall be utterly broken, and her high gates shall be burned with fire. The people will labor in vain, and the nations, because of the fire, and they shall be weary. The word which Jeremiah the prophet commanded Sariah, the son of Neriah, the son of Messiah, when he went with Zedekiah, the king of, Bab of Judah, to Babylon in the fourth year of his reign, and Sariah was the quartermaster. So Jeremiah wrote in a book all the evil that would come upon Babylon, all these words that are written against Babylon. And Jeremiah said to Sariah, When you arrive in Babylon and you see it, and read all these words, then you shall say, O Lord, you have spoken against this place to cut it off, so that none shall remain in it, neither man nor beast, nor 
or nor beast, but it shall be desolate forever. Now it shall be, when you have finished reading this book, that you shall tie a stone to it and throw it into the Euphrates. Then you shall say, Thus Babylon shall sink and not rise from the, from the catastrophe that I will bring upon her, and they shall be weary. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. <sighs> okay, let me just pause here for a moment before we dive into that. <laughs> One of the things that all three of us sitting at my kitchen table have discussed in far, as far as doing these recordings and whatever, and I hope this is helpful in, in us deciding to do go this route. I know, especially in you know this section that we're covering right now, that some of these are lengthy readings, but I just feel, I, I don't think there is a good way to sum up. And I feel like a lot of this, even though we obviously will not cover all the things, there's just something about hearing and hopefully you're able to read along as we go through this um, that just gets it a little deeper into our heart, I feel like. And so anyway, I just wanted to say that because I know these are, these are lengthier readings than are mm -hmm. normal, but I still think it's worth, mm -hmm. it's, it's worth, it's far better than any, even Sherry's wonderful commentary. This is, you know, the best thing that we could be doing. Um, and anyway, so I, I hope that's not too much of a burden, but I hope that it's appreciated that we go through every verse, especially mm -hmm. these kind of verses. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Uh, Elizabeth, what you got? All right. So, uh, we're not making the 30-minute mark for anyone wondering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, basically, this chapter is telling Babylon specifically who's gonna gonna wipe her out, which is the Medes. And so we, mm -hmm. um, I was thinking a little bit about Daniel and how Daniel actually sees and lives through and is an official during that transition. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the Babylonians are going to fall. It's going to be the Medes and the Persians that come in next. Um, so some of the themes that I kind of pulled out, um, he's talking about the, the cup and being drunk some more. So in verse 7, it's talking about how Babylon's like a bad influence on the nations around them. Mm -hmm. um, how it's making the other nations drunk and they're going mad. And then that imagery is also carried out in verse 39. Um, yeah, that they'll be drunk and perpetually asleep. So just showing that the, the bad influence of, of Babylon and their, their like, merriment is... Okay. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's gonna be like their destruction, basically. And then down in fifty-seven, mm -hmm. yeah, make drunk her officials and her wise men. They will sleep and not wake. So mm -hmm. basically, the idolatry, the debauchery, has just gone far enough. It's gotten to the officials, to the wise men. No one is safe from this, um, from this bad influence mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the uh, idolatry. So specifically in 17 through 19, it shows how pointless idolatry is. And this is kind of a continual theme throughout the Old Testament, especially with Israel's struggles with idolatry. Like the images are fake. This is a shame to them. The people who make them are stupid because there's 
it's literally just a picture you made yourself. And <laughs> talking about how they're worshipping things that are a delusion that would perish. Um, unlike, it says, he who is the portion of Jacob, referring to the Lord, like the one true God, versus these false idols. Um, and I guess while we're in that little section, I really like the With You poem, and uh, Sherry could probably say a lot more to that, but I think it's cool that, I think here he's talking to the Medes, like, you are here to destroy Babylon, you are the weapon of war, you're going to destroy the kingdoms, but I think this very well could also apply to Babylon when they're punishing um, Israel and then the, like, seven nations that we just talked about beforehand. Um, I guess the last thing I want to pull out, and actually from, this was in uh, 50 a little bit as well, when it talks about from the north, we've talked about how bad things always come from the north. So for Israel, it was Assyria, and then Babylon from the north, but now the north is bad for Babylon. So just looking at a little map, um, it mentions Ararat in verse 27, and that's like Turkey, I mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. But that's like directly north of Babylon. They're just gonna march on down there and be like, "Hey, this is our this is our stuff now. Mm -hmm. You are our our problem." Mm -hmm. um, so I just think it's interesting how that got tied in to the north has just always been a source of bad things. Don't go to Egypt. Bad stuff comes from the north. It's mm -hmm. just facts of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess the last thing I want to talk about is just how amazing the ending is. Mm -hmm. Tie this book to a stone, drop it into Euphrates. It's like the most literal mic drop. I just, I love that. Yeah. Very fitting mm -hmm. end to the section of Jeremiah's um, prophecies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, Sherry. Exactly. Um, so, um, the reference at the very beginning, the Leb Kama'i, um, I read about that. It's, um, it's a, it's a, it's a code word for Babylon, but it, what it is, is Babylon backwards, but not like how you think N-O-L-Y-B-A-B. It's, um, like if you take the Hebrew alphabet like the English alphabet, if you take the letter A and substitute the letters Z, and then the letter B and substitute Y. And so it's that in the Hebrew alphabet. Um, so it's like, and it's, and the meaning of the word is the heart of those who rise up against me. Mm -hmm. And so it's Babylon spelled backwards. So it's basically talking about Babylon. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. It's like, where's Leb Kamai? It's, it's not a place. It's actually <laughs> just a code name. Right. Um, um, so, uh, I think Elizabeth made reference to this. It's talking again about the cup. Um, they, they've been a cup in the Lord's hand, and it, it's not a good cup. It's a cup of poison, and now they're going to have to drink from the cup that they used, that God gave them to use. Um, <clears throat> I, I think there's a lot of really literal um, prophecy here in uh, verses what 11 through about 14 about actually how Babylon was taken over. Um, uh, basically, if you know the history, um, it, it, he talks in verse 13 about 
many waters, dwelling by many waters, and they thought of that as like being a, a good um, uh, defense against a siege because they would always have water because the water flowed in literally underneath the city wall. And so how Cyrus was able to conquer Babylon was they diverted the river. Mm-hmm. And that way the water went down very quickly when they, when they, when they opened up the, the dam. And the, so the water level went down very quickly and they just walked underneath the, underneath the wall. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, and in verse 15 it says, I will fill you with men as locusts to raise the shout of victory over you. So basically they just came in and said, hey, we're here, we're taking over, you guys are gone. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's just exactly how it happened. It was like instantaneous they were taken over. Um, um, and, it, and it even talks about that, like you said in, in uh, the book of Daniel, um, where uh, Daniel said, uh, tomorrow you're not going to be the king anymore. You're going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, uh, in verse 15 through 19, um, we have a reference to, um, uh, we have this, the same wording as in chapter 10, verses 12 through 16, about the power of God. So he talks about all this stuff to begin with, about how Babylon is going to be overtaken. And then in 15 through 19, it's about the power of God and how that's how they're going to be taken over. Basically saying it's not likely that this is going to happen, but it doesn't matter because when God's in charge, anything's possible. Um, then um, the With You poem, I, I like that a lot. Um, it's it's hard to tell who whether he's talking about Babylon or whether he's talking about um, the Medes and Persians. It fits either way. Um, basically what I take from that is like, I'm using you as a tool, but just because I'm using you doesn't mean that you're all that great. Mm-hmm. I'm using you, and so I can also use somebody else against you. Mm-hmm. So just because I'm using you, that doesn't mean, you know, that doesn't, that's me using you as a tool. That's not you doing things on your own with my approval. Right. It's, it's the other way around. So. Um, I like that. Um, uh, then, uh, towards the end, um, I think there's a reference in verse um, 53 to the Tower of Babel, because that's where the Tower of Babel was, and that's where it gets its name. Um, uh, when he talks about, um, and there's a couple other references to it, too. Um, uh, though Babylon should mount up to heaven, and though she should fortify her strong height, yet destroyals will come from me against her, declares the Lord. So, and what was Babel punished for? For pride. pride. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Um, uh, then um, uh, in verses 59 to 64, it, it, it's just basically saying this is what Jeremiah is doing with the words that he's written down. And um, I really like that, uh, the mic drop uh, comment. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, and also uh, the reference to Sariah, uh, I believe in fifth, chap- uh, verse 59, Sariah, the son of Neriah. So it doesn't say this, but the son of Ma- Messiah. So that who is that? That's the brother 
of Baruch. Hmm. Uh, because Baruch was the son of Neriah, the son of Masiah. So his father's name was Neriah, and his grandfather's name was Masiah. So apparently this is the brother of Baruch. And then we'll see him again in um, chapter 52, where he's one of the people that's taken and killed. Um, so that's, that's and, and I, I don't know if, if Jeremiah gives, is giving this to Sariah, um, because Sariah is still there, um, and Baruch isn't, mm -hmm. or what the situation is, or there's some way that maybe that Baruch is indisposed, and so, uh, or maybe he's not living anymore, because I don't have a time reference, but somehow he's using Sariah, who is Baruch's brother, to carry this message, and then, and then Sariah is one of the people that's mentioned in chapter 52, as having, he's a high priest, apparently. So he's one of the ones that are that are killed mm -hmm. um, when um, when when the when they come up, come and take Babylon, or when they come and take uh, Judah for the last time. Yeah. Um, and just reiteration, I know you had mentioned this before, but you've mm -hmm. got the pair the. Kind of the bookends where you at the end of this um it's back to where we started mm -hmm. and it's just that complete picture and i, I do appreciate that uh, you know thought of the this is the completion of this letter or this you know this thought or whatever um that's mm -hmm. going to and that and then it, i mean it's hard not to read through 59 through 64 mm -hmm. and not just be like uh, you know, not just, you know, have that thought, you know, as Elizabeth had said, might drop, drop, but, you know, just won't, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, imagining one, someone reading through this entire thing, but then the heart of the people hearing all of this and, uh, you know, how many different reactions that must have, mm -hmm. you know, uh, must have ignited, um, with different people and, uh, and just it makes me look forward to, you know, the the next time period of when they're coming out of this and some of the the um, the penitence that we get to see mm -hmm. in that. Um, but before we get there, we got to go through Lamentations, mm -hmm. which is not super fun, but it is very rich mm -hmm. and a, a wonderful book to go through. So. I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Next week, Lord willing, um, we will be going through chapter 52 mm -hmm. as a lead-in into Lamentations, covering mm -hmm. all of Lamentations and let go. Mm -hmm. Wish us well in that because mm -hmm. <laughs> there is so much uh, in that, but I, I do think we, sh we should be able to get through that, Lord willing, um, hopefully in an hour. So um, thanks for anybody who stuck around and listened to both sessions. Catch you all next week.